Welcome to episode six of season two of YMBA, a podcast brought to you by UCLA Anderson. I'm your host, Alex Grodnick. This is the final episode of season two. We saved a special one for last as we speak with Katie Anderson, the CFO of Guess, about pursuing her dream to become a chief financial officer. Katie's now the CFO of a multi-billion dollar publicly traded fashion brand, and she left her job as CFO of California Pizza Kitchen a little less than a year ago to pursue this new opportunity. Katie's story is all about trusting her instincts and constantly learning as she chased her dream. Let's begin with Katie describing her life's goal to one day become a CFO. I always knew I wanted to be a CFO since I was in high school. My dad was a CFO. Actually, even maybe before high school, I knew I wanted to be a CFO. And he used to take me to like investor conferences and stuff and, you know, teach me about finance. And then when I went to college, my brother-in-law, who's also in finance, took me to CPK in Westwood to meet like with an investment banker friend of his so I could learn about investment banking. So I've been kind of like going toward on this path for a long time. I think many of us are like Katie. We have a clear idea of what we want to accomplish, but the path to get there isn't obvious. That's where a slight refinement from business school can play a huge part in your journey. As we've heard over and over this season, if you want to achieve something great, it starts with believing in yourself. And as we'll hear with Katie's journey, when new opportunities present themselves, Katie leans into the uncertainty, says, yes, I can, and wait till you hear everything that she's accomplished. Let's get into Katie's path starting with her first job after college. My first job after college was at Citi in New York. I was an investment banking analyst and I was working crazy, crazy hours, 100 hours a week, but I loved it. And I did two years in New York and then they said, you know, where do you want to do your third year? And I said, I want to do it in London. And they said, okay. And so I ended up going to London for my third year at Citi and it was just a great experience. Wow, so cool. So what happens after your year in London? At that point, I wanted to come back home to LA. I mean, I went, so I went to school in Chicago, grew up in LA, went to school in Chicago, then I went to New York, then I went to London, and I I kept going further away, and I was ready to come back. And that's when there were kind of like some inklings of the financial crisis. I was in securitization, and that's really kind of where it started. So as our deals started to look a little odd, I was kind of thinking, hmm, gosh, maybe this is a good time to go to business school. But I didn't think about that until the last minute. So I literally applied overnight. I think I did my application in two days. I was studying for the GMAT in the middle of the night because I worked from, you know, seven in the morning till three in the morning. And so then I was studying for the GMAT in the middle of the night. And I applied to business school in just a couple of weeks, just UCLA, and I got in. So I came home. After getting into Anderson, Katie's plan to one day become a big-time CFO was right on course. As she came to business school, she sensed the rumblings of the 2008 recession, but she had no idea how disruptive it would actually be. Thankfully, Katie trusted her instincts to accept an internship with a startup investment bank in LA. Let's hear how it went. My internship was at a firm called Molus, which at the time was a startup investment bank. And it was, um, you know, these, these guys from UBS started this bank. And when they first sat down with me, I was like, I, I mean, you guys, I don't even know who you are. But then we started going through all the people that were there and the firm. And I was like, oh, gosh, this is actually really exciting. And so I took my internship there. It was like five to an office in Westwood Village. By the time I took, did the full-time job, they had, you know, their offices in Century City. And now they're, you know, a huge public global investment bank. I was the only woman banker there besides secretaries. So they would always like, you know, see me in the hall and say, you go girl. And it was a good experience. 
So what was it like being the only woman there? You know, no one treated me any different than anyone else. I mean, there's not a lot of women in investment banking and there weren't a lot at Citi, but there were some. But at the time I was literally the only woman investment banker at Mollus. And, you know, no one treated me any different. So I worked just as hard as all the men. And, you know, I was, uh, no one, it was, it was great. At this point, Katie, were you happy that you went back into investment banking after business school? I loved it. I loved the people there were so smart. I loved the job. I wasn't kind of, I wasn't regretful about what, you know, what I missed, not like changing careers in business school. What ended up happening was I started working on a deal there. So California Pizza Kitchen was a public company and they wanted to go private. And so I got staffed on this deal. And I remember I have this email still from the staffer who said, hey, Katie, can you do this pitch for CPK? It's not going to be a lot of work. Okay, fine. So we pitched California Pizza Kitchen on being their bankers for their go private and we got the job. So then I started working on the deal and I ended up like, I loved the people at CPK and I like loved the opportunity. And a lot of times in investment banking, you work with these companies and you come up with these investment, an investment thesis, and then you hand it to someone else and they go execute it. And you kind of hear about it, but you're not part of it. And in this one, I was like, I want to be part of this. This is like, this is really, really neat. And we were at one meeting, a meeting one time with the, it was a, you know, uh, management presentation with one of the potential buyers. And I'm sitting next to the CMO and she leans over and she's like, Katie, why are you doing this? Why are you, why are you working like this hard? You should come work at CBK. And I was like, oh my gosh, like we're in, like the CEO is presenting to the private equity firm. I was like, we're in a meeting, Sarah, honestly. And, and she's like, just come on, Katie, let's, we, you, let's talk, let's talk. And, you know, I said, oh, I, I don't think so, you know. Shh. So then the next week, the CFO had her, her car, she had like lent her car to her mom and she asked me for a ride home because she lived near me in Westwood. So I drove her home and she said, look, Katie, I need a head of strategy and finance at CPK. I want it to be you. Like, will you, will you come work for me? And I said, no, I don't think so. I, you know, I, I like this job. I'm, you know, I'm not so sure. I haven't, you know, I, I have more to do here. And she said, let me just take you to breakfast. So she took me to breakfast. She gave me an offer and, you know, obviously I took the job. Okay. So you said that you were excited to take a more hands-on operating role here with CPK. Did it go how you expected? So I went in the middle of the deal. So after, you know, gosh, like nine months or a year there, we had sold the company to the private equity firm, Golden Gate Capital. And they're really, really smart, smart guys. And so then we started to execute the plan. And the first year we worked on cost savings and then we started a, um, what we call the next chapter, which is like a brand transformation. So, you know, who's our customer? What do they want from us? Lots of consumer research. And I was, you know, geeking out over all this consumer research. I loved it. And then we put together a prototype of what the new CPK would be. So it's a new menu, new look, new service model, new marketing plan, everything based on what we learned. And we tested that and it worked and we rolled that out. So I did a lot of, and I was kind of the, like the lead on that. So I did a lot of strategy and finance and I, and I absolutely loved it. Wow, Katie, this work sounds so cool and actually very much like business school 101. I mean, everything you did in school just for a real company. Yes. Yes. And it's so, it's so cool to see, especially when you actually get it. Like I remember the day we, we started with 14 stores and of our, you know, 200 plus. And I remember the day that we launched it and like just watching like what was happening, you know, with the, like, what were people buying? Is that like, I thought they were going to do this and now they're doing that. And oh, that worked, but you know, and just things that you didn't think about were happening and it was so fun to watch and optimize. And yeah, it was, it was real life business school. So were there learnings from business school that help you with your work? 
starting out your career as an investment banker, like all I did was finance, you know, I knew finance. And when I went to business school, that's when I learned about all these other things like marketing and ops and, you know, supply chain and stuff that like I had to all of this kind of fed into this brand transformation that I worked on. So, you know, if I were just a finance person, I, I don't think I would have succeeded. So everything I picked up at business school, kind of just in all these different areas, definitely added to the experience. Yeah, that's great. So how did your job progress at CPK? I started out as the head of FP&A, like finance and strategy. Then I got promoted to SVP of finance. So then I was running kind of like day-to-day finance and accounting. It was like the day-to-day CFO. There was a president slash CFO. And then I was the, you know, kind of almost like the day-to-day CFO running all the finance functions. And then at that point, I was ready to be a CFO and I was doing the CFO job. And so the president slash CFO and the CEO went to Golden Gate and said, okay, let's make Katie the CFO. And they said, oh gosh, you know, go private equity firms are sometimes allergic to new CFOs. And they said no. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to go get a CFO job. So I went and got um, a job at Sprinkles Cupcakes and I was a CFO there. So this is in 2016. And that was a totally different experience. CPK was kind of like a machine in finance and, you know, we had everything set up and, and all the data and it was a machine and Sprinkles was not a machine. So it was, you know, a also private equity owned, but the CFO was the founder's brother out in Oklahoma City, and he didn't really have a, you know, kind of big company background. So, you know, there was no, the company was being run on QuickBooks, which is like obviously very unsophisticated for a company of that size. And they couldn't pay the bills, not because they didn't have the money, but because the bills would just pile up in Oklahoma City and they didn't have enough time to like open the envelopes and like write the checks and pay the bills. So that experience was more of a, you know, like systems and accounting. And I had a really small team, but we implemented um, a new ERP system. The close took 30 days when I got there. We got it down to 10 days and we outsourced um, AP. We, I mean, we did just a bunch of stuff and it was more like kind of like, well, there wasn't, I mean, there was some strategy obviously running the business, but it was like a lot of of like kind of systems and processes and so totally different job than I had at CBK. And then, so I was like maybe like eight months into that job and I got a call from the guy who I worked for at CBK and he said, do you want to have lunch? You know, just catch up. And I was like, great, you know, let's do it. And I had heard that when I left, they started a CFO search. So we're at lunch and, you know, just chatting and I'm just kind of chatty chatty. And um, I said, how's the CFO search going? And he said, well, actually that's what I wanted to talk to you about, Katie. And he said, you know, we looked for eight months for um, a CFO and we determined that you're the one that we wanted and will you come back to CPK? And at first I was like, I was mad. I was like, hey, gosh, you know, I like this new job and, you know, I left. I just left. I'm eight months in. And, but, you know, they uh, made me an offer I couldn't refuse. So I ended up going back to CPK as a CFO the end of 2016. What a windy up and down journey. Looking back, what do you take away from this part of your career? I'm actually happy that I got to like, you know, leave CBK and try something different and get experience that I never would have, that it helped me, you know, it helped me even make things better at CBK when I came back. And um, I think it's important whenever, whenever you're at any job that you keep good relationships. And, you know, I, even though I was leaving CBK, I like worked hard until like the very last second, you know, and I always helped them out afterwards and otherwise they wouldn't have asked me back. And that job, you know, CPK is 10 times the size of Sprinkles. And that job really opened the door for me for, I mean, to like change, change my career. Because when you're a CFO of a, a company that's, that's a $600 million company versus a $60 million company, like your life has changed. And at the time I was only, I was 35. 
So I was young, you know, and, but they knew me. And so it was lucky. Okay. So you're back at CPK. The company's got a new CEO. How do you like being part of this new management team? As I said, you learn different things from different people. So, you know, and, and I, at this point in my, at that point, and still at this point, like my number one priority is like, learn, learn, learn. And that's how I'm going to keep growing my career. And so, yeah, it was good. And also it's boring if you're not learning. I mean, at least for me, I get bored. I love the constantly learning idea. As Warren Buffett says, take the job where you'll learn the most, not the one that pays you the most. So what happens next? Yeah. So then I got a call from a recruiter. This is like fall of uh, last year. And they said, you know, we, we want to talk to you about a job at Guess. And I was like, oh, Guess, like I haven't really thought much about Guess in a while. You know, what are they doing lately? And I sat down with the recruiter and I was like, well, I don't know. But she's like, look, it's a, it's a public company. It's international. It's, it's big. And, and I was also thinking, well, gosh, you know, inside, obviously, not on the outside. I was thinking this would be a real stretch for me, right? I've never been a public company CFO. I'm working at mostly a domestic business. We had some franchise international, but pretty much a domestic business that's, you know, a, like less than a third of the size. So I'm like, okay, well, she's like, the recruiter said, well, why don't you just have breakfast with the CEO? And they had been looking for this role for a long time and had looked at, you know, one of more experienced CFOs, you know, older retail, and they hadn't found anyone that they liked. So I said, okay, sure, I'll have breakfast. So I go to the Beverly Hills Hotel on a Saturday morning at 7 a.m. and I had breakfast with Carlos Sabarini, who's the CEO of Guess. And we just like hit it off. Like I just like I never wanted the breakfast to end. He walked me through his strategic plan. And I mean, it was brilliant and he was brilliant. And I was like, I just, I have to be part of this. And, you know, you could, I could tell at that breakfast that like, I'm going to get this job. Like this is, this is, there's a, the, like this is, there's a connection here. And yeah, I got the job. But on the inside, I was also like, oh my gosh, like, can I do this? This is a big job. <laughs> I think everyone has that feeling when they start something new. That's how we're programmed. New can be scary. I had experience with like doing new things that I didn't know how to do. Like when they said, hey, Katie, can you take up over supply chain and procurement? You know, on the inside, I'm thinking, gosh, I know nothing about that. But on the outside, I'm like, oh, yeah, totally. I can do that. And I figured it out. And then it's like, okay, Katie, we're going to give you IT now. And I'm like, oh, my, I don't know anything about IT. And but, you know, on the inside, I thought that on the outside, I was like, absolutely, I got this. And I did. So you just have to be, you know, know, like trust yourself that you can figure these things out. Right. That belief in your own abilities is crucial. So now we're at the part of the story where you tell us what it's like getting a brand new job just as coronavirus hits. I, I didn't imagine when I took the job that 100 days in, we were going to have a global pandemic and we were going to close all our stores globally and all be working from home overnight. So, you know, that was unplanned, but actually it helped me kind of get into the weeds really quickly. And I mean, it was just like all hands on deck. Like, what do we do about inventory? What do we do about our closed stores and the people? And how do we save costs? How do we manage liquidity? And it was actually a really good experience for me to kind of get in deep in the details of the company right away. And also it was kind of a bonding experience with the people. Like everyone came together and was like, okay, this is the crisis. We're going to get this done together. And we worked 24 seven and we did a good job. And I, I got close to everyone in, in that period of time. So Katie, I'm always interested in what happens after you get your dream job. Clearly you're a driven person. So I'm curious, how do you think about what's next? Now that I've been at Guess, it's kind of like, like, okay, I achieved my goal. Now, now what's next? So I've been thinking more about what's next. And, you know, I think that eventually I want to be in a more operational role, like a COO president type. So that'll probably be my next, 
next step. So now I'm thinking of how, how do I bridge to that and what, what gaps do I need to fill in to accomplish that next? You need to have something that you're working towards. And also if, if you don't, then you don't know, if you don't know where you're going, then you don't know how to get there. And so, I mean, not to be too type A about it, but it's like, okay, I want to do this. And like, here's the things that I check the box and here's five things that I don't know how to do. So how am I going to use my current role to fill in those holes so that I'm ready when the time comes to do the next thing? So I've always thought about it like that. What an interesting path you've had, Katie. For my last question of season two, I'd love to hear about how going to business school impacts your life today. I loved Anderson. I just like connected with the people there. They're all like super smart, just as smart as like any school, but just so down to earth and successful and everyone wanted to help each other out. And they're just fun. Like Anderson people are fun. And so, yeah, we still have great friends from Anderson. And as I said, a lot of them are like married Anderson people. So it's a bunch of like Anderson couples and we get together, you know, now with our kids and it's really nice. We all have that idea of our dream job. Some of us achieve it and some don't. Katie is obviously one of the fortunate ones to get the job that she's wanted since being a young girl. So what sets her apart? First, I think it's confidence in her own abilities. That's the foundation for everything that she's been able to accomplish. Without that self-confidence, I don't think you can go out and attack the world as aggressively. So what else sets Katie apart? I think there's two more things. One is her drive to constantly learn always be improving yourself. And over the course of a career, those small improvements will be magnified, like compounding interest. Second, how many of us maintain relationships the way Katie does? I mean, look how cultivating those relationships has benefited her. It's so easy just to get a new job and kind of coast out of the one you have, but that's never what Katie did. And she wouldn't be where she is today if she did. So that's my analysis here. Believe in yourself, always be learning, and keep good relationships. And one day, you too can get your dream job. Thanks so much for listening this season. I hope these conversations provided you a glimpse into the thought patterns of high-performing MBAs and also maybe some inspiration that you too can achieve your goals and accomplish whatever it is you set your mind to.